Welcome to the Influential Assistant Podcast, where we spend around 15 minutes together discussing ways to build influence, not only with your executive, but with your entire team. I'm your host, Anna Bean. Hello, everyone. I just wanted to say hi, and I hope that everyone's having a good um month so far. I've been taking some time off from the podcast um, and I am so excited that I was able to get some rest with my family, but I have missed being with all of you guys. And so I hope that you guys are well. Um, As we head into the super busy holiday season, I know that there are big goals um, and we're trying to finish strong. So I am cheering for all of you guys as you are supporting your teams and their endeavors. So yeah, today I wanted to talk about fear and what it looks like when you're assisting out of a place of fear. Now, I know, I want to make sure that it's very clear. I have a huge disclaimer here that I love my job. I love my executives. Um, but there have been seasons when I have found myself assisting out of a seat of fear instead of a seat of confidence. And if you'll indulge me a little bit, there are some biblical reference references in today's episode. And so I know that might not be everyone's cup of tea, but for me, I find that very foundational and it's helped me. And I think that the example will stand even if religion isn't your thing. So bear with me. So really the heart of today's episode is I will kind of tell you how I dealt with this season, but really today's going to be an identifier episode. You will come out of today's episode, hopefully, if some of this resonates with you at least, um, just naming the fact that that perhaps you're assisting out of fear, which I think can be a really powerful thing, just to name that weird feeling you're feeling. So I guess I'll just start at the beginning. When I started assisting my executive, I was coming out of a season where I had been in an entirely different industry. I was coming out of a season of just feeling hurt and lost and confused. And so when I found this new opportunity with my current place, I was so excited and I really just wanted to put my best foot forward and really just knock their socks off. And my first boss that I had ever assisted was very much into, you know, yes or no, sir. That's a very common thing here in the South. And so I was happy to do that. He was big on respect and he really enjoyed receiving a lot of encouragement. He just thrived on that. And so I wrongfully assumed that my new boss would also prescribe to those things. And so I started treating him the exact same way. Now, I will never forget in her first one-on-one, I was so excited because I really wanted him to be like, you know, you're doing a great job. I really think that you're already making a difference. You know, all the things that everyone wants to hear. And so I asked him, I was like, how am I doing? And he said, you know, if you could just tone down the rainbows and sprinkles a little bit, that'd be great. (laughs) And I'm not even kidding. That's exactly how he said it verbatim. You can go ask him. Um, That's what he said. And he was basically, what he meant was, hey, stop trying so hard. You're fine. And I don't need all of the mushy gushy stuff, which is totally fine. Now, six years later, I look back on it and cringe at how hard I was trying to prove myself. But I left that one-on-one feeling a little disappointed. I feel like I felt like I needed to figure out how to prove myself to him. And so it became this goal that I had to seek affirmation from him. Now, that's fine, except he's just not a big affirmation guy. You know, he doesn't really need it. That's not what drives him. He's more driven by seeing things progress. He doesn't really need a lot of outside uplifting, whereas I absolutely do. 
I need to know that the people who I care about and I are good. And so the problem started right there, right at my first one-on-one that I had started to put this need on him for the constant affirmation and to always be letting me know how I'm doing, to be affirming my work, to be affirming our fit together as a team. And that's where I made my first mistake. Now, that's not to say that it's wrong to want that. And that's not to say that it's difficult when you don't get that. And we'll get to that in a minute. But fast forward a few years. And you know, my executive is a very straightforward, blunt kind of guy. And so if he likes something, you probably won't hear about it. No news is good news with him. But if he doesn't like something, and he's very detail oriented, so the likelihood that he's going to catch something wrong in my work, no matter how hard I try is high. Because he's just very particular about how he wants things. And he'll be quick to let me know when something doesn't fit that, which is absolutely his prerogative. But When you're constantly seeking that affirmation and you're trying to get that emotional fix, that emotional confidence in your job from that one source, that can become wearisome. And it just became this thing where I became super bitter, really resentful, and felt like my batteries were really low. And I started assisting out of this resentful and to today's point, fearful place of, I don't want to make any mistakes. Everything has to be perfect because he's just really harsh and that's just how things are. And he's a bad boss and he doesn't appreciate me to the point where maybe my gifts and talents would be better appreciated somewhere else. Now, quick note. If you feel like your boss is being abusive or not compensating you fairly or not being willing to listen to you when you voice your frustrations, then that's a conversation you need to have with your family that you need to have with yourself and really figure out what that good fit is because there's definitely just bad fits. But in my case, I was being really harsh of my expectations of him and my expectations of myself. And so eventually, you know, every day in the office was just exhausting because I was spending so much of my emotional energy trying to get a read on, is he happy? Is he mad? If he's mad, is he mad at me? Did I do something wrong? And my work suffered for it. You know, eventually I was extremely hesitant to take on anything new. And eventually it got to the point where I was just kind of waiting to be told what to do. Because if I did something that I wasn't told to do, then it was probably going to be wrong. And why would I even bother? So my work suffered for it. And, you know, eventually he and I had some really good conversations and we ended up kind of restructuring our team a little bit to where I was going to be taking on another executive as well. And then COVID hit. And let's just talk about COVID because it's been extremely hard and it's affected all of us in deep ways. But working from home made me realize what I was struggling with. I was struggling with this idea that I was constantly trying to get this emotional read on my boss. And when I was no longer with him all day long, that went away and I started to enjoy my work more and there was less assumed. So with COVID allowing me that space to realize what I was doing, to realize that I was having this subconscious process that was wearing me out, and also without the benefit of bringing on this this second executive to my portfolio, he's very thankful and just a completely different personality type. And so I realized that I was putting so much pressure on myself to get that affirmation from my first executive. And that was really wasn't fair to myself, 
that wasn't fair to him because that's never been something we've agreed to. And he is thankful. You know, I know that he's thankful and I know that he appreciates what I do. And I know that he finds me a valuable part of the team. And I can tell that through because through thick and thin, he's kept me on board. He's continued to trust me with things. He's continued to rely on me. And yeah, there's back and forth, but that's just growth, right? That's any relationship. And so I think it's important to take a step back. And if you find yourself struggling every day to enjoy your job, then maybe some of this resonates with you. And maybe some of this feels like you're in a bitter place and maybe in a resentful place and experiment with a couple of weeks of what if you didn't seek to get that affirmation from your boss? What if instead you found some other ways to feel like you were having a good day? You know, maybe the goal today is to do the two hardest things on my to-do list. Okay, great. Then you do that and you knock those things out and neither of those are dependent on what mood your boss is in. Take that pressure off of him or her and that takes the pressure off of you to seek it out. One thing that this brought to mind was in the Bible, there's a story called the parable of the talents. And basically it's a story that goes that there's a master of an estate and he has three servants and he tells these three servants, okay, I'm about to go away for a long time, but I am entrusting you with some of my money and I expect it to be in good care when I get back. He gives the first servant five talents. He gives the second servant two talents and the third servant he gives one. And the first guy, he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go and I'm going to invest this. And he doubles his amount. The second guy is like, well, that's a great idea. I'm going to go invest this as well. And he also doubles his amount. And then the third guy is like, my master is harsh. He is mean. And he's going to be mad if I lose any of his money. So I'm just going to bury it so that it's safe. And then he can't be mad at me when he gets back. And the master comes back and he's looking at what everybody has done with his money. And he's just, you know, he's made great returns on the first guy's investment. So he's very, very proud. And he says, well done. You have been faithful with little. I will set you over much. And then the second guy is like, you know, he's made some money off his investments too. Good job. And the third guy is like, well, I knew that you were going to be harsh and I knew that you were going to be mean and I was afraid. So I buried your talent in the dirt to keep your money safe. And the master's basically like, that's not at all how this works. You should have at least put it in the bank so I could make interest. Get out of my sight. And I just remember that at one point I was reading my Bible and I came across this story and I felt like I was in a place where my resentment, like I understood the guy who was like, no, you're just going to be mad no matter what I do. So I'm just going to keep it safe so you can't be mad. And I felt like I was just doing my job in a way to where I was just trying to make sure he wasn't mad at me at the end of the day. That was a good day. (laughs) That's just not a good way to think about your job. It's just not great to hope that every day you leave and you know that no one's mad at you. That's not playing to win. That's playing not to lose. And so when COVID hit and I had the space away from the office, from this emotional drain that I was putting on myself, and I was able to realize like, you know, at first my attitude was like, okay, well, if he's mad, I'm just going to, he's just going to have to tell me because I'm not with him to pick up on it. And it turns out that he wasn't ever really mad at me ever. (laughs) And, you know, I had some new initiatives that I was working on with my new executive and, They were giving me space to work on some special projects of my own, especially when COVID hit, doing some upgrades here or there. And it was nice. I felt like I was enjoying my work. I wasn't constantly checking on everyone's emotional temperature. 
And that's not something I ever consciously set out to do. It's just kind of my personality type. I tend to read the room and try to gauge where everybody is. And if someone's unhappy, you know, try to fix it or at least get them a snack or something. (laughs) I don't know. But yeah, just having that space helped me realize that I was in a very unhealthy emotional state. I was putting way too much pressure on myself and on my boss to make me feel good about my day. And so the things that I've tried to do to move on from that are not only being more removed physically from the office, but I don't know how to say this without sounding harsh, but I just had to grow up a little bit. I had to mature and realize like, yes, if he's upset, he's going to give me feedback. That's good. We want feedback. We want those data points telling us how to continue to improve. And so if I do something wrong, okay, great. That means I get to get better. That's a good thing. But not going through each day expecting some kind of parade because I did my job, that's not how anybody's role works at all. (laughs) And since then, I found that even when I do get encouragement from my team, which is often, and I'm thankful, it's just sweeter. I feel like I can enjoy it more because I don't feel entitled to it. And so it's a pleasant surprise instead of like, oh, finally, someone's noticing all the hard work that I'm doing. And so I'm just so thankful that I was able to realize this ugly spirit that I had, this fearful reaction that blossomed into this bitter heart and was making assisting really difficult. And I think this goes not only for assisting, but any kind of support role. If you're in a customer service role, expecting your customers to be constantly thankful for you or putting some kind of pressure on yourself to uh, feel entitled even at home in your family relationships with your spouse. It's just going to breed weeds of bitterness in your heart. So anyway, I hope all of this makes sense. I hope that maybe this resonates with you. And honestly, if you're in this season, please reach out. And I would be happy just to talk to you about it and listen, because everything that's happened to get you to where you are, to where you're frustrated, are real things that happen to you. And so if I can be of help by listening, please reach out to me on Instagram. You can DM me. My handle is at annabeam.ea. You can also email me. My email address is annabeam.ea at gmail.com. And I'd be happy to set up a Zoom call or just talk to you about things, what you're experiencing, and just be a listening ear and hold space for you to process through some of these things that you're working through. Because it's hard. It's hard when you have that bitter heart and you know it, but it's ugly and you hate it, but you were also just really clinging to those feelings. Like you just need someone to tell you thank you. So yeah, I hope this helps. I would say the one, really the biggest thing is to just give yourself space. Try to detox from these expectations that you have. Try to find other outlets that define a good day, whether that's accomplishing a couple things off your to-do list, whether that's today's going to be a good day if I can take my dog for a walk. Okay, great. Or today's going to be a good day if I can get up and do some meditation. Trying to, even just for a couple weeks, detox from that expectation that you have that work is everything, I think would be really soothing to you. So anyway, I hope that's helpful. I love you guys. Seriously, please do reach out to me if there's anything that I can do to hold space for you so that you can process through some of these things. I have a huge heart for mental health and for caring for other people. So please, please reach out. I would love to minister or be of help to you in that way. So remember, if no one's told you this, this week, you are crushing it. You're not alone. And I'm cheering you on. Bye.
Thanks again for listening to the Influential Assistant Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at The Influential Assistant and leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. Thanks. Thanks.